And now, your spirited host, Joan de la Fleur. Sound, speed, and action, darlings. Action, yes, hello. Oh, darlings, it is me, Joan de la Fleur. I'm so very glad to be back with you all. This is season one, episode seven, I think. Well, you can't bother me with details like how many episodes I've done, darling, because do you know, in my lifetime, I've done ever so many episodes of so many things. So far, all we know, this could be episode number 3,572, darlings. <laughs> Why bother yourself with such petty little skirmishes? Now, you may have noticed that I've not been around for some time. You haven't seen a new podcast episode from me since perhaps end of August, even. And that is for a very good reason, darlings. Do you know, the woman who haunts, the, oh no, I haunt this house, the woman who owns this house, you see, I feel like I own the house and she haunts it, which is really rather more the truth, darlings, isn't it, really? Well, if you are ever a spirit and a phantasma in my situation, well, you know exactly what I'm talking about, you'll be like, oh, Joan, do I know what you mean? I feel that very way about the living humans in my home, but it is my home. I am the phantasma here, not them, they haunt it by day, oh. So frustrating. Anyway, the woman who owns this home that I currently haunt here in Los Angeles, now do you know, she took an extended trip to Spain, darlings. And do you want to know how I found out? Well, somehow when I was in the Lost Space Highway, which is the, what I call this sort of Mobius strip through time and space that I can't quite describe it exactly to living humans, but I believe that spirits among us know what I'm talking about. It's a sort of transit system to different parts of different worlds in parallel realities. Now, darlings, usually when I find myself traveling through the lost space highway, I come to in the cellar of this house, and then I simply walk up the steps, and I'm back here at this exact same extremely frustrating spot. But one morning, I found myself inside a can. A can of some kind. It took me quite some time to figure out that it was a can in the first place, darlings. But I felt rather like, oh, genie on that old television program, you know, where's a genie and she lives in a bottle and she's discovered by some sort of uh, gay military man who then enslaves her and makes her uh, grant wishes and be his wife because he was unsuccessful dating otherwise. He was one of those sort of incels, I suppose, until he met the genie. Anyhow, darlings. So I felt rather like Jeannie, although in real life, of course, we know I'm really more like a evil twin. <laughs> much more fun, darlings. The villainess is always so much more fun to play. Not that I wasn't also, of course, the leading lady ingenue so many times, and I'd love to be your leading lady ingenue once again. If you happen to be a writer, director, producer, and you've got a script to send me, joandelafleur.com, please, darlings, feel free. Anyway, do you know what happened? Is that at one moment, I was in this sort of space. I was in this can, and it was very bizarre. I could not figure out how to get out of it, and I was in there for, oh, hours and hours and hours, until... All of a sudden, I heard this click, click, and then a sound, and do you know what it was? It was the woman who owns this house using a root touch-up spray, and that was the bottle that I was inside, the can, it was a metallic bottle. Now, for those of you who don't know what root touch-up spray is, let me tell you, darlings. Now, I certainly wouldn't know a thing, a thing about gray hair, darlings. No, of course not. 
I don't know a single thing about grey hairs unless you're talking about grey hairs on the heads of some of my many lovers I've had in my life. Well, then I, I don't know a thing or two about a grey head. <clears throat> Darlings. But sometimes people who have grey hair and colour their hair darker to cover up their greys in between dye sessions they use this little hairspray to cover up their grey hairs and so the woman who owns this house had a bottle of that root touch-up spray and that's what I found myself in and then when she sprayed it suddenly I came into being my plasma came into being and do you know where we were <laughs> we were in Barcelona Spain Banya <clears throat> darlings sorry for coughing in your ears and in your face it happens from time to time, especially when all of my different plasma and ethers start to get confused. Wait, am I a spray or am I a spirit? Well, darlings, whatever you need to know is that I am a star. And I am back for another episode of Joan de la Fleur, the podcast experience. Ole. We did go spend an evening watching some flamenco and there was a very handsome flamenco dancer and he was ever so posh with his beautiful suit and he had a three a little three-piece suit with a vest and then instead of a tie or a bow tie he had a scarf sort of tucked in darling and he was so handsome and he danced with such passion and it was so exciting to see i was so very glad i had tagged along in that moment Oh, it reminded me of a fling I had had with a, a sort of Latin lover myself back in the day who came from a long line of a flamenco dancing family. And let me just tell you, he knew a thing or two about passion. Yes, indeed. Now, what was his name? Was that Marco Francisco? No, no. Jorge? No. Javier? Perhaps it was Javier. Or... Cristiano. Oh, who knows? Among the many Latin lovers I've had, it was one of them, and I'll think of his name later. I'm sure it'll come to me. I'm, I'm sure it'll come to me. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about in this episode was about beauty, because I thought, well, you know, if I had to tag along on accident inside a root touch-up spray bottle, and then I had to sort of get myself back into a piece of uh, a little box that she had, which was full of gifts, so that I could make it home in one piece, and I did. Well, I'm sure there are pieces of my plasma left over in Spain, but that's certainly fine, isn't it? Certainly fine. Perhaps they'll have a sort of national revolution in which they decide to revisit the films of Joan de la Fleur, and they discover that they have some of the lost copies, some of the reels of my lost films. I don't know how that would be possible. Perhaps one of those Latin lovers that I sort of was talking to you about earlier. Carlos! Oh, it was Carlos. Oh! I knew I would come up with his name, darlings. I knew I would. Oh, ye of little faith, darlings. I always remember a lover, even if it takes me a while, and or I have to look through some notes. <laughs> Anyhow, you know, I wanted to talk about beauty. Do you know, in my day, I was a reigning beauty queen. Well, of course, you know, look at me. <laughs> look at me, darlings. Look at me, and you know, I was a reigning beauty queen, darlings. Joan. Joan de la Fleur. Anyhow, darlings, I'm sure you're thinking, of course, we still know you're a reigning beauty queen, darlings, and, and to that end, I encourage you to write to your favourite makeup 
or beauty product line and request that I be one of their spokespersons once again. It would be a historic first. We're living through times of, you know, all sorts of historic firsts. The first, oh, person of this descent to be this sort of actor. Well, why not the first spirit face of Revlon? But I wanted to talk about beauty, beauty regimens. I really am conflating a lot of things, and that is what happens when I've been away for a long time, Tonks. So many things that I want to express with you all, to offer to you all, to talk about beauty, beauty techniques, and, and what to do if you think you're not beautiful, and I guarantee you are, and how to believe in yourself, and love yourself, and, and attract lovers if you want, or just for your own self to look in the mirror and say, wow, I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful inside and out, darlings. I want that for you, darlings. I do. As an actress. As your favorite actress. You know, that's one of the things that I'd like to offer to you. To give back to you. My many fans who have loved me for so long. So. Now, darlings. Do you know that in the 1920s we x-rayed our hair? I don't mean we x-rayed our hair into perfectly quaffed dues. No, darling. I mean that if a lady had to shave her legs or other bits and pieces and parts of her body, or let's say you had a moustache, x-raying your hair seemed like a wonderful alternative to tweezers or alkali substances. And the early scientific reports, which in fact I have right here, darlings, the early scientific reports on x-ray hair removal were very positive. I myself was very keen to try it. Not that I needed it very much, but just in the very few places where I wanted to sort of tweak my perfection. I was keen to try it after I had heard that a bearded lady was said to have been cured of her affliction through x-rays, darlings. Yes. Now, of course, many of you may recall, I myself got my start in vaudeville. And so I had a bearded lady friend, very close friend, Bertha. Of course, if she were to have had her beard removed... That may have decimated some of her career choices. However, I would like to point out that shortly after vaudeville, once the talking pictures, no, not the talking pictures, the moving pictures, once the moving pictures became in vogue, vaudeville started to get phased out. And then once the talkies came and once there were more and more movie theaters, well, vaudeville became sort of a, a very niche thing and then eventually a thing of the past. Of course, there were burlesque traveling troops that continued to perform and that would have been burlesque and comedians you know of course those of you who know the story of Gypsy Rose Lee and read her work of fiction well some truth and many fictions of course who am I to say my original name was Myra <laughs> anyhow now uh, of course perhaps my friend Bertha would have benefited from some x-ray hair removal of her beard once vaudeville became a sort of thing of the past however we were to learn something rather delicate about that x-ray hair removal. You see, by the time I wanted to try the x-ray hair removal, I had already landed in Hollywood and I was no longer in contact with my beloved vaudeville friend, something that I am really rather sad about and I do regret, darling. So if any of my vaudeville friends are still around as spirits here, I would love to hear from you. You can come find me and perhaps even do an episode of the podcast with me. Or email me at joandelafleur at yahoo.com and, well, let's have a spirited drink, darlings, a, a spirit martini for all time's sake now. Or as we used to have, chili. 
Do you know, we didn't have hamburger stands when I was in vaudeville. No, we had chili stands. We'd go from town to town, and when we needed to get a little filler up right before a show, we would go get chili. It was really a rather wonderful thing. Very delicious. Anyhow, of course, what happened with the x-ray hair removal is eventually women in France complained that the treatment was making them sick. Oh, my darlings. Well, we know a thing or two about that now, don't we? Now, one of the scientists behind that technology retorted that this was to be expected from French women who had a hysterical character. Well, I may be an American, but I, I take umbrage with that statement. In fact, I would love to hear that if that scientist is perhaps still alive, probably not, or a spirit on the other side, well, darling, I invite you to come so that I can give you a good comeuppance, darling. No, X-ray. X-rays can cause cancer, darling. Cancer. Anyhow, got ahead of myself. Anyhow, let me tell you what happened. There was an American physician named Albert Geyser, and he had been experimenting with x-rays, and he'd initially jumped on the bandwagon. Well, he was painfully aware of the risks, but because he himself had lost a couple of fingers in his x-ray experiments. Hmm, interesting, Dr. Burns. But this, of course, stimulated him to create an x-ray tube, which he claimed delivered softer x-rays. Well, then the Trico Sales Corporation was born, darlings, and clinics using Geyser's technology begin to sprout up around the U.S. and Canada. Oh, of course, commerce. Now, I, Joan de la Fleur, was, of course, among one of the first stars they offered free treatments to in exchange for a testimonial. And after I proclaimed success, women around the country flocked to clinics to revel in their new hairless skin. Until one of my actress friends, well, really, rather more of a frenemy. You know, darlings, when you're an actress, at least in the 40s and 50s, well, could you really be friends with any fellow actresses? Could you, darling? Could you? Anyhow, a woman, a co-worker, a co-worker of mine, darling, she complained that the x-rays were giving her <gasps> wrinkles. <gasps> no, darlings, not that. Anything but that, darlings. <gasps> Let me clutch some pearls that I don't have. Anyhow, she complained about these wrinkles. Well, that, of course, was a bit of a... A uh, death move for x-rays as a hair removal. Although, you know, a makeup artist that I worked with, who had also worked with her, said she had noticed a few of these little encroaching little lines early on, and that perhaps it wasn't the x-rays that were giving her the wrinkles, but merely Mother Nature and Father Time. Hmm. Anyhow, Claude, uh, the actress, mm, complained of wrinkled skin, but also, and here's the point, lesions. She complained of lesions where these x-rays had supposedly struck. And so, of course, knowing what we know now, once I heard about wrinkles, I moved on to other technologies. You know, lesions, cancer. Look, there are some things that are some pains worth bearing for beauty, but wrinkles? Well, darling, no. So, of course, we came to understand after the cancer can be triggered by x-rays. and I, I, I do say it's fine to suffer a little for beauty, just not to the point of death. Probably. Well, maybe. I don't know. Depends. You know, the jury's still out on that. Let's revisit that later. Anyhow, darling, for those among you who are amateurs, please, 
Do not suffer for your beauty, certainly not to the point of death. Those among us who are professionals, uh, we, perhaps we can have a, a roundtable discussion on a certain episode, of jo- future episode of Joan de la Fleur, the podcast experience. Because, after all, it's a matter of priorities, I suppose. And I'd like to remind you about beauty. It is also a matter of trends. Oh, it is. Beauty is always a matter of trends. Go ahead into any museum that features Renaissance art. And go look at the ladies in those paintings. Look at their beautiful soft round flesh and curvaceous figures. And then go look at photos of supermodels in the 90s. Trends. Oh, consider the dimple maker. Yes, in the 1930s there was a contraption that was a sort of harness. It's like a harness you would put around your head. And then there were these little protrusions that would stick right here. Right here. Stick right here. Or here. Wherever you wanted your dimples to go. So if you wanted your, di- your dimples to go here. You see, I don't have dimples. I don't have dimples, nor do I have a dimple in my chin. Although I find a dimple in the chin very attractive, don't you, darling? Say, Cary Grant, or a certain husband of mine, had a dimple in the chin. I found very... Whew. Anyhow. All right, darlings. Now, anyhow, this crazy little contraption claims that it would permanently put dimples in the skin. Well, now, really, it really only worked temporarily. Of course, uh, in my day, we also sometimes drew them in for photograph sessions. But dimples weren't always important. It just depended on who you were and what your branding was, which I suppose is true today. Now, these days, of course, I hear that people do plastic surgery to get dimples. They do plastic surgery for all sorts of things, don't you, darlings, you modern folk? Modern. <laughs> what is modern? We were modern in the 20th century. We were postmodern. We're postmodern. I think you're now... Meta, meta modern. You're no longer postmodern. You've m- moved into the part of, of society and culture that's so self-referential that is so self-referential that you are meta. Anyhow, oddly, the American Medical Association said that this little torture contraption, medical contraption, could cause cancer, whereas the X-rays would not. Well, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Heed the American Medical Association's findings and suggestions, but every once in a while they do get something wrong, don't they? Once in a while. Now, of course, you should get your flu shot, unless, of course, you're against flu shots and you should never get your flu shot. I'm staying out of that bit. Although I would say, knowing a number of stars who were killed by the flu, well, you err on the side of whichever kind of life you'd prefer to live, I suppose. Oh, speaking of cancer, darlings, do you know that there were decades in which many items of makeup, women's makeup, contained radium? Yes, radium, darlings. Another cancer-causing substance. <laughs> Radioactive makeup. Now, of course, I know it's very popular these days for women to wear a little highlighter, a little highlighter. I was just looking at the iPad over the shoulder of the woman who owns this house that I haunted. She was looking at an article about oh, a woman named... Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart? Mary Stewart. No, Martha Stewart. Martha. Martha Stewart. And she had put highlighter here, and apparently that was of newsworthy note. But anyhow, darlings, why not? Anyhow, darlings, so there she was, putting highlighter. Well, in my day, we had a glow from our makeup, but it was radioactive. Yes, darlings. Yes, you see, there was radioactive... Oh, you see there's radioactive material in your rouge and in your powders. I mean, can you imagine? 
What is it? I have to look at my notes here. I don't know what I wrote. I wrote a note, darlings. But because I'd used plasma, it's sort of disappearing now. Anyhow, those skin cream with arsenic, yes. I mean, can you imagine? Going on a date and your date assumes that you'll have a special blush because you're in love with him. But in fact, it's really just the cancer-causing compound that's in your makeup. <laughs> hmm. Well, it doesn't seem so wonderful, now that I put it that way. Anyhow, darlings. But isn't that just the problem, darling. We never really know what we're getting ourselves into, do we? No. We think we do, and we might even talk to others who've gone through it, but we don't really know exactly what we're getting ourselves into. We don't really ever understand the ramifications of anything until it's too late. Take, for example, your career. Now, my career as an actress. I knew it would be a lot of work and a lot of hand jobs, but I also knew that it was going to be better than many of the other opportunities that were available for me, a woman who didn't necessarily want to have to be married to an owner and operator man. Do you know what I mean, darlings? You mean, you know what I mean, darlings, the kind of husband who thinks he owns and operates you. No, I needed either potential career helpers or mates who truly believed in me and where we worked side by side, or of course, once in a while, a little boy toy. Nothing wrong with that, darlings. No, everything right with that, of course. But, of course, there were very many things I didn't know would be so painful about being an actress. For example, never being able to have my own children. Having a hysterectomy, so as to... What? Did I say that out loud? No. Let's change the subject, darlings. No. My point is, we don't really understand the ramifications of anything we're going to enter into. A relationship, a job, a move, until we go through with it. And sometimes we don't understand it until after it's too late. Our relationship, you can get divorced or try arsenic, I don't know. There's many ways to end a relationship, but, you know, with something like a x-ray hair removal, well, often you don't know until it's too late exactly what the ramifications will be until long after the, the advertisers and the inventors and the people who employ the procedures, the practitioners have long, long, long previously absconded with the money, and even if they did intend well and thought they were doing the right thing, well, darlings, the human mind is such that they really weren't even thinking of you as a person, but as a client, therefore a dollar sign for their own survival, or at least thrival, but, you know, they weren't really intending poorly. They wanted you to enjoy hairless skin, or a relationship, or... Whatever it is, think twice. Now, darlings, 
Let's move on and talk about skin. I myself look like a strong, relatively, no, actually, really rather clear-skinned woman. Because of all the ages I lived while alive, I decided that as a spirit, I wanted to spend most of my time at the age I liked best, which is this age, for 27. Ah, force of habit, darlings. Force of habit. Truly, though, I do like actually having a little wisdom around the eyes. Do you know what I'm talking about, darlings? Little wisdom. Do you see my wisdom? I've got a lot of wisdom. Not a lot of wisdom, actually, darlings. Just a little. I myself never really tried Botox before my time. But I do like having a little, just a little wisdom around the eyes. A little life on me because I'm a woman who's lived a lot of life. It's true. Now, I did love this point in my life. This age when I was beautiful and sexy and I knew how to operate the equipment. And I was young enough to enjoy it and old enough to not need a man and old enough to give a man a piece of my mind if I needed to and powerful enough that there were very few men who could intimidate me, darlings. In fact, the only way a man could intimidate me was either in a sort of fun role-playing game, that's different, darlings, or, of course, with a gun if he was mugging me, in which case, well, yeah, take these earrings. Hopefully one of my wonderful listeners will will buy me a new pair and send it to me or email me at johndelafleur@yahoo.com with a gift certificate to Etsy or a wonderful vintage shop or Tiffany's. <laughs> Anyhow, darling, I just didn't, I didn't, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yes, how men in this age. You see, I didn't mind having men around at this age. No, of course, I enjoyed it very much. Very much enjoyed men as friends, as lovers, as partners, as pets, as co-workers. Rarely as politicians or leaders. Sometimes. Sometimes as leaders. There were some wonderful leaders. Yes. Yes. But anyway, let's let's do away with politics for the moment. Anyhow. Oh, do you know at this age I still did love if I found one of those passionate love affairs that would keep me up all night long, either with a man or if, if I wasn't with a man up all night long, just thinking about the man and dreaming about the man and enjoying the man in my own way and wondering what that man was up to. And I, I still did enjoy an affair like that once in a while, darlings, when I was this age, yes. Oh, to be true, to be honest with you, that never went away. My love of love never disappeared. Never did. I think it kept me young, darlings, so that even when I died at the age of 70, anyhow, when I died, at the age of 41, terribly young, now, darlings, I believe I was 70 when I died, but I still looked like I was 27, nearly 27 years old, darlings, because I stayed young in my heart, darlings, because I didn't let too much get me down. And then after I became a spirit, well, I could be all sorts of different ages. At first it was not of my choosing, but now it was. After years of practice, I learned how to choose. So every once in a while, I can be me in the 1920s when I was just a teenager, darlings. That happens once in a while if I choose. But I really loved the 1940s and 50s, darlings. So perhaps I'll soon do me in the 1950s. That was a fun era. Oh, and perhaps I'll do me in the late 30s. That was secretly a fantastic era. Mm, yes. Now, darlings, let's talk about what does work for beauty. Things that I know are tried and true throughout the ages. I recommend that you learn to love who you are. Of course, you're saying, Joan, it's easy for you. You're a movie star. You're beautiful. You're smart. You have many wonderful lovers. I stayed young at heart, and I worked at it. 
And yes, I was genetically blessed in a certain way. <laughs> what can I say? However, you too are genetically blessed by the very fact that you are here on earth and your individual beauty is needed. We need all flowers in a bouquet. And the proof is you are here. If you weren't here, we wouldn't need you. But you are here, so we do need you on this planet. And we do need your specific kind of beauty. You, who you are. Your face, if you have one. Your body, if you have one. I don't know, you may not. Whoever you are, you, your beauty. We need you. Now, I also believe that you should learn to be your truest self. I've had a lot of time to work on that, darlings, and I'm still learning, as you can tell. There are some very old habits that die very hard, because I'm still an actress. I may be not among the living, but I'm still an actress. And since I was an actress primarily in Hollywood, of course, we were indoctrinated to never reveal our real age. I encourage you to look for the beauty in the world around you, including in the mirror, and to choose for yourself how you wish to play when it comes to beauty and fashion, makeup, hair, jewelry. Let it be play, darlings, play. Let it be self-expression. Beauty is an inside job, darlings, no matter what technology or social ideology has to say about it. To close, darling, you see, you, yes, you, darling, you are your very own flower, and your life is your very own work of art. Whether you are a Kandinsky or a Caravaggio or painting on a cave wall. It is your life and your work of art. So I encourage you to be both the painter and the canvas. I encourage you to love and care for yourself and for others and for your experience of being alive, darlings. Trust me, you'll miss it when you're dead. Well, if you are, in fact, a spirit. If you go off to the other side right away, I, I can't speak to that yet. Nor do I want to. I don't want the light to appear. I'm not ready yet. No, I still have many things to do. No, no, no. Change the subject. Joan, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. No. Change the subject, Joan. Talk back about art, beauty, art, rubber facial masks, dimple makers, lovers, Carlos, the flamenco dancer, anything to get back into this experience of being alive, although I'm not alive. No, don't talk about that. Oh, oh Joan. Oh, Joan, you're going to be in trouble. Don't get in trouble. Darlings, I'm going to have to let you go. All I want to tell you is that if you look for beauty in the world around you, including in the mirror and the life you're living, your life will be all the greater for it because you are indeed beautiful and I love you and you love me. Thank you. Please write to me at joandelafleur at yahoo.com and I hope that I'm here next time to deliver another podcast episode to you. I'm very nervous. I must let you go. <laughs> I don't believe in ghosts, but I do believe in Joan de la Fleur. Joan de la Fleur, the podcast experience. <laughs>